While occasionally referencing real-life people and events, Heavy Head is a work of fiction that is not meant to be used as a diagnostic tool and contains adult language and situations. Listener discretion is advised. Greg is 27 years old. Born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, Greg lives alone, having alienated himself from others due to his destructive personality and behavior. This is his story. Charles? Oh, um, Greg. Hey. Hey. How have you been? Um, good. How, how have you been? Good, just working my butt off. That's good. Yeah, did you want to go back inside and get a drink and catch up? Oh, my friends are waiting. Just one drink, come on. I I really shouldn't. I don't think that's a good idea. What's the big deal? It's one drink with an old friend. It's more than that. No, it's not. Come on. Uh, Okay, one drink. I'll catch up with you guys later. I never thought you'd show your face in here again. Why's that? This used to be our place. I didn't think you'd risk bumping into me, given how things ended. (laughs) Well, I'd say that strategy was working just fine until a few minutes ago. Bet. Besides, it wasn't my idea to come here. I was outvoted. Those new friends of yours? Nah, I've been friends with those guys since high school and college. How come I've never met them before? Uh, I think you know the answer to that. What's that supposed to mean? Oh, give me a break. You hated me and my friends and family. What? No, I didn't. You certainly had a funny way of showing it. Did you come back here to argue with me? Did you come back here to argue with me? No, no. I just thought it'd be nice to catch up is all. Well? Do you remember when we first got together? New Tinder match. Let's see. 
Greg, 27, 10 miles away. Damn, he already sent me a message. Hey. Hey. What are you looking for? It'd be nice to meet someone. You? I'm long-term oriented. I'm not trying to just fucking leave. I'm looking for something real, and I don't want someone who's going to waste my time. I can appreciate that. What are you doing? Just running a few errands. You? Chilling. When are we going to hang out? Ah, this is a busy week for me. Next week? You know what? I'm good on that. Never mind. What? We keep talking and talking, but never set a time to meet. You obviously don't want to see me. I told you. I don't like people wasting my time. I've been through enough of that. Guys pretending to be into me for a while only ghost me when I ask for more. I thought you were different. That just proves how stupid I am. Oh well. Have a nice life. But I really am busy this week. I'm sure you are. It's all good. I'll just keep looking for someone who actually has time and wants to be with me. Why do I always end up being the one who cares more? How about this Saturday? Are you free this Saturday? Bet. Hey. Let's get in the car. What? Why? We're going to the video store. The video store? What year is this? Come on, it's more fun to pick out movies to watch this way. a second. Is this a baby blanket? Yeah, something wrong with that? Not at all, just haven't seen one in a while. I guess it's kind of cute. You should stay the night. Oh, I don't know. I should get back home. Oh, come on. Are you sure? Yeah, I really should get back. Oh, alright. I wish you'd stay, but okay. Please text me when you get home so I know you're safe. I'd worry. I will. Good night. Did you make it home okay? You never texted me. Yeah, I did. Sorry. It's all good. I really like you. Me too. How many siblings do you have? Three. Two older brothers and a twin sister. Are your parents still together? Yes. They've been married 40 years this August. That's nice. What about you? Me? Yeah. What about your family? Oh, well, my parents are divorced. I have 
three full older brothers, a younger stepsister, and two older stepbrothers. Big family. Would you like to meet my family sometime? Yeah, maybe. You're probably never going to meet mine. Really? Yeah, it's just a long story that I don't feel like getting into right now. That's fine. What are you doing? I was just going to hold your hand. Why? I don't know. I just felt like it. Is that not okay? No, it's just my old boyfriend, Derek, never wanted to hold hands in public. In fact, he never really wanted to act like we were together whenever we were in public. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just not used to someone who wants to show affection in public. I can understand that. I've just been in a lot of bad relationships. Well, I'm not your old boyfriend's. Hey, there's this new bar right down the block from here that I heard's really cool. You want to check it out? Sure. Hey, I just realized that we don't have a picture together. We need to change that. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Oh, that's cute. Send it to me. Alright. I want to post it to Facebook. Shoot. What? I don't know how to caption it. Caption it however you want. I want to say that you're my boyfriend. That's fine with me. Done. Where are you going? Home. What? Why? It's time to go home. Why do you never want to stay the night with me? Don't you think that's moving too fast? Oh, so it's okay to post to the whole world that you want to be my boyfriend, but not enough to want to spend the night? I see how it is. You're right. You're right. I can stay. I'll stay. Good morning. Good morning. That feels good to say in person. It does. I gotta get ready to go to work. Hey, sorry that I wasn't able to get hard for you last night. That's alright, it happens. I just don't want you to think that it's you, because it's, it's totally not. How shallow do you think I am? I don't. I don't. It's just... I don't know. You're good. I'm just glad you finally decided to stay the night. Yeah, me too. So, you gonna stay again tonight, Sexy? Yeah, uh, sure. Of course. Good! Good, well, I'm running late. I, I gotta get going. I'll see you tonight. You should stay here. What? Play hooky and spend the day with me. In bed. <laughs> I wish. Then stay. We can work on getting you warmed up down there. Babe, come on. I gotta get to work. I got a lot to do today. Don't, don't you have to work today? Oh, I start my new job next week. New job? Haven't you only been at your old one for a few months? Yeah, but I wasn't really feeling it. All right, well, I'll see you tonight. Can't wait. Same. Have a good day.
you too. Text me when you get to work. Will do. I need you. I don't know who I am without you. Did you make it to work okay? Yes, smiley face. Why didn't you text me to let me know? Sorry, I got caught up with work. I was worried. I'm sorry, it was really busy here today. Whatever. I'll see you tonight? No, I'm good. I thought that you wanted me to spend the night. I don't want someone who doesn't like me to sleep with me. What? Look, it's a simple thing. All I asked you was to text me when you got to work, but I guess I'm not important enough to even do that. I told you that I got really busy and it just slipped my mind. It doesn't mean that I don't care about you. Sure it does. Do you want me to come over or not? Well, that's for you to decide. Am I worth it to you? I'll be here. Hey babe, I picked up a copy of Halloween from the video store that we can watch while we carve pumpkins. You're right, picking up movies from the video store is more fun. See you soon. Let me see yours. <sighs> I fucked up the eye holes. Oh, he's cute. I'll start cleaning up. You want to get the movie queued up? Yeah. God damn it! What's wrong? The fucking guy at the video store forgot to take the lock off the DVD case and now I can't get the disc out. Ah, that sucks. How fucking stupid do you have to be to do something like that? I mean, you have one fucking job and you can't even do that. All he had to do was open the case and check, but he was too fucking lazy to do it. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is! How are we supposed to watch this with the fucking lock on it? I'm sure that we can find it on demand somewhere. That's not the point. The point was to watch this DVD, but no, can't have that. That would be way too fucking easy. Nothing can ever be easy. Babe. No, fuck that. I'm getting this fucking disc out of here and we're going to watch it. Babe, babe, stop. You're going to break it. I don't care. I don't fucking care. Ugh! Oh my god. I hope he's happy now that he's ruined our night. I hate for you to have seen this, but oh well. I finally get to actually do something fun for Halloween with someone, and of course, it gets ruined by dumb people. Calm down. Calm down? Calm down? Uh-uh. You do not get to tell me to calm down. In fact, let's go. Go where? We're gonna go back to that video store so I can kick that fucking guy's head in. No! Get out of my way. No, Greg, no. We're not going to go beat someone up for a silly mistake. What's wrong with you? Nothing. This is just who I am. This is the person that you get. People want to make dumb mistakes, they're going to have to deal with the consequences. I'm leaving. No. No? Fuck no. We made plans to watch this movie. We're going to watch this movie. I'm not comfortable with... You're staying and we're watching. Oh, shit. What? What is it? I can't breathe. My chest. I think I'm having a heart attack. We gotta get you to a hospital. No. Greg. No, I don't have insurance. Well, what should we do? 
If you want to go, then go, but leave me here. If I want to go... That's what you want to do, right? I never said that. That's always what happens at this point. Someone gets close to me, then they see me explode, and then they leave. Is that what you're worried about? That's what I just said. It's okay, it's okay, I heard you. The fucked up thing is I really like you. I really like you too. It's more than that. You're like the only person that has ever treated me good. All of my exes, all of my family have all treated me like shit my whole life. I'm sorry to hear that. You never talk much about your family. And for good reason. My asshole mom and dad are druggies and alcoholics who left us with our grandparents who beat us. Oh my, that's terrible. That's not the worst part. My oldest brother... Never mind. Never mind what? It's not important. What is important is that I really like you. You're good to me and I know that. I'm just afraid. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm not good enough for you. That you'll realize that and leave me. I can't imagine my life without you. You give me purpose. I'm not going anywhere. Hey, I'm going out of town for a couple days next week. Really? Why? It's a business trip to Tampa. Florida. How could you go spend your money down there after they just passed that don't say gay bullshit? It's a work trip, babe. I have to go. How long will you be gone? Leave Monday morning and get back super early Thursday morning. You said a couple days. Yeah, leave Monday, get back Thursday morning. All day Monday, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday. That's three days. A couple is two to three days. Oh, right. Are you going to be all right while I'm gone? Yeah, I can take care of myself. He should be done with work by now. Why isn't he texting me back? I told him to keep his phone on him and text me throughout the day. Come on, text me back. Fuck, Charles, where are you? He hates me. Well, fuck that, I hate him. This is hell! can't be alone. Hey, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I've been thinking about you, and I miss you. You should come over. Hey, Derek. Hey, babe. I missed you. Ew, babe. You smell like tequila. Have you been drinking? Uh, yeah. It's 7.30 in the morning. What else was I supposed to do while you were gone? But, hey, how'd you get those burns on your hand? Oh, this is from the grill at work. But you're a server, not a cook. Oh, our cook bailed and I had to pull double duty.
That was a really fun night. The headliner was alright, but that feature act was so much better. She should have been the one headlining. I can't believe that was Mr. T's daughter. That story at the end where she accidentally texted her dad? I was dying. So funny. Oh, fuck! What is it? I forgot to go to the grocery store and I'm out of tequila. I can run to the store real quick. You can't buy alcohol in this county on Sundays. Alright, well, just take the night off from that stuff. It'd probably be best anyway. Wait, wait, wait. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. It's just you've been drinking a lot recently. It might be good to take a night off. Oh, so now I have some sort of drinking problem? Is that what you think of me now? That's not what I said. Oh, that's good. Start breaking stuff now. Here we go. Fuck you! You think I'm some sort of alcoholic? You're twisting my words around again. No, I think the truth is finally coming out. I'm finally starting to see how you really feel about me. It doesn't matter how I feel. Anything I say will be warped into your delusional way of thinking. Delusional? Oh, okay. The gloves are off now. Grow up. I can't believe I ever liked you. It's obvious you never liked me. That's why your dick won't get hard when we fuck. Your body has made up your mind for you. I know you're just saying that to hurt my feelings. No, it's the truth and you know it. You're so fucking pathetic. What happened to you that made you so sad? Excuse me? You always do this. You always try to drive a wedge between us. We have a really nice night, and then you do something to sabotage it. It's like you're looking for reasons to drive me away. Like you're daring me to leave you. I know you've been through a lot, but that's no excuse to treat someone who cares about you like this. In fact, I'm starting to think that all those bad past relationships you love complaining about are really your fault. It's like, no matter what I do, I can never convince you that I'm a good person who's on your side. So you got me all figured out now, don't you? I'm done. I'm glad you're gone. I never liked you anyway. Limp dick motherfucker. Look, I'm sorry, alright? There, I said it. Will you forgive me now? Come back to me, baby. Please come back. I need you. I don't know who I am without you. Please, you're all I have. If you're not coming back, at least come by and pick up all the pictures of us together, the gifts you gave me. I can't stand to be in the same house with them. They're in a garbage bag on the porch. Do it by morning or I'll throw everything in the trash. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that I was going to throw your things away. Of course I won't. I'm just upset. It's just really hard to be here without you. I don't know how much longer I can take this. That's it. This will be my last message. I'm going away forever. And you're not going to be able to find me. No one is going to be able to find me. I hope you're happy with yourself. Can I get you another beer? Nah. Actually, it's getting late. I I need to head back home. Alright, well, this was fun. We should do it again sometime soon. Uh, I don't think so. No? Nah, I mean, it's good to see you. Uh, I hope you're doing alright. But I have no interest in any sort of relationship with you. Then why did you agree to come back and have a drink with me? Agree? Wasn't that you twisting my arm? Why are you getting so upset? (laughs) I'm not. You're just being manipulative again. Manipulative? So you're assuming that I have the skills to think about and then execute a plan? Everyone's manipulative. You never gave me a fair chance to get better. You said that you were different and that you were not going to leave me, and then you dipped out at the first sign of trouble, just like everyone else. You're right. I should never said that I would never leave if I wasn't willing to stick it out. But you gotta understand that my reactions to you were based solely on what you did. 
You have to learn to take responsibility for consequences rather than blaming others for their realistic responses to your behavior. Everything I did was just a knee-jerk reaction to desperately try and feel secure. I had no idea how to get people to pay attention to me in ways that worked. And I am taking responsibility. I'm in therapy. You don't know how hard it was to find a therapist willing to work with me. I'm glad to hear that you're working on yourself. I haven't told you about my family. Yeah, that your parents left you with your grandparents that abused you? Yeah, but my brother, when we were teenagers, my brother used, he used to make me suck his dick. For real? Yeah, the whole fucked up family dynamic growing up is why my therapist and I think I have so many issues with attachment. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it was really nice to run into you tonight. I thought we had a nice time. What do you say, do you want to meet up again sometime soon? Oh, it's not a good thing. 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 It's not a good thing.
No, no, I can't. Dr. Nikki Winchester is a clinical psychologist and the founder and CEO of Cincinnati Center for DBT, a practice for providing inherent dialectical behavior therapy for individuals in need of helping regulate their emotions. We talked with Dr. Winchester over the phone to discuss the topic of borderline personality disorder. What is borderline personality disorder? BPD, or borderline personality disorder, is a pervasive chronic disorder of emotion regulation. That pervasiveness is a big part of it. When you have a personality disorder, that means that you know, these are symptoms that have been happening for a very long time and are sort of part of the person's personality. So with BPD, you see a pervasive pattern of lots of instability in their interpersonal relationships how they view themselves, their moods, and you also see a lot of impulsivity. And usually this is beginning around early adulthood, Mm -hmm. and it comes across in a lot of different contexts. There's nine different symptoms of BPD, and to receive the diagnosis, you have to meet at least five of those. What are the symptoms of borderline personality disorder? So there's nine symptoms. Marsha Linehan, who is the creator of Dialectical Behavior Therapy, which is the evidence-based treatment for BPD, she sort of categorized them into five different categories of dysregulation. So that's how I'll sort of go through them with you. Okay, great. One area is the interpersonal dysregulation. And how we usually see that is the person often makes frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. They also tend to have really unstable and intense relationships. People might kind of call them roller coaster relationships where mm-hmm. at one moment everything's going great and everything's perfect. And the next, the person they're in the relationship with is terrible. So there's lots of ups and downs, and that can be in a variety of different relationships. We also see self-dysregulation. So oftentimes people with BPD don't have a strong sense of identity. They may not know who they truly are. They may notice lots of sudden and drastic changes in career, religious beliefs, sexual orientation, and so on. And with that one, you know, we want to make sure it's not like normal adolescent changes in identity. This is often, you know, it's they don't know who they really are. And part of that self-dysregulation, too, is just chronic feelings of emptiness, mm-hmm. where they really feel empty inside. It's not numbness. A lot of times people think that's numbness, mm-hmm. um, where they're not feeling anything. It's actually just feeling of emptiness and that something's missing. And then you have behavioral dysregulation. So that comes with a lot of that impulsivity. So oftentimes people with BPD do things that are really impulsive that could have a negative impact on them or be pretty high risk, whether that is substance use, impulsive sex, driving recklessly, binge eating, stealing. But they tend to do a number of impulsive things that could have a negative impact on them. And then one of the hallmarks of BPD that fall in that behavioral dysregulation is the suicidal behavior and self-harm. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes we'll see a history of self-harm and suicide attempts. And then another category of the dysregulation is emotion dysregulation, which again is sort of another hallmark of BPD. 
there's a lot of mood instability. Oftentimes, you'll see a lot of intense anger, sadness, and anxiety. That's often in relation to things going on. Oftentimes, but again, not always, really intense, uncontrollable anger that may not be justified for the situation. And that can manifest in, you know, whether the person gets really angry at little things, or it could even be to the point of physical aggression or throwing things, hitting people when they're angry. And then the final area of dysregulation is cognitive. In my experience, this is what I've seen the least of. What we can see with BPD is when the person is really in a lot of distress, they might develop some stress-related paranoia or even some stress-related dissociative symptoms. Do we know what causes borderline personality disorder? So the strongest theory is the one put forth by Marsha Linehan, which is the biosocial theory. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's looking at a transaction of the biology and the environment. On the biological side, the person with BPD is thought to have a biological predisposition to being sensitive to emotions. So they're coming in already biologically more sensitive. They tend to be or to experience more extreme emotions. And they have a slower return to their emotional baseline when they have their emotions. So you've got someone who's pretty sensitive emotionally. Marshall Linehan kind of equates it to having third degree burns. You know, if you even like touch someone with third degree burns, it's incredibly painful. Same here except on the emotional side. And then you have that transacting with an invalidating environment, which is an environment that basically conveys to the person that what they're thinking and feeling is wrong. They shouldn't feel that way. They could easily get over it. Basically causes them not to trust their own experiences. So you have this sort of vicious cycle that happens where the biology and that sensitivity makes the invalidating environment more validating, and that invalidating environment makes the biology more prominent. And these two really transact to create that significant emotion dysregulation. What is the prevalence rate of borderline personality disorder? So that definitely depends on the study you look at. I've seen ranges between 1.6% to 5.9% of the general population. I can say that a lot of studies show that approximately when we're looking at outpatient mental health clinics, that usually about 10% of that population would meet criteria. And if you're looking at people who are inpatient in a psychiatric hospital, it's usually about 20%. What is the gender breakdown of borderline personality disorder? That's a very interesting question. There's been studies that indicate that it is more prevalent amongst women. Mm -hmm. However, that idea has been challenged. There's a lot of thought in the field that actually men have been misdiagnosed, that many men actually fit the criteria for BPD, but they are misdiagnosed as another personality disorder called antisocial personality disorder, which Mm -hmm. tends to be a little bit more like inclusive of violent acts. The thought generally is that it's more prevalent with women, and again, that's being challenged that it might be a little bit more equal across genders. How is borderline personality disorder diagnosed? There's a number of different ways that it can be diagnosed. Usually there's going to be some sort of structured clinical interview that's done by a therapist or a psychologist. There's objective personality assessments that can be administered to kind of look at some of that. There's different symptom measures and observation over time. The important part is that we have to measure the pervasiveness. So the assessor really needs to make sure that it's not just, you know, normal adolescent uncertainty or just sort of a certain time period for this person. They really need to be able to assess that this is something that has been pervasive. When should someone seek treatment for borderline personality disorder? They are finding that their symptoms are really starting to bring about some dysfunction and distress in their lives. 
that's a good time. For a lot of people with BPD, it truly feels like they're living in hell. Mm-hmm. And that can especially be true if they're having thoughts of dying or acting on suicidal urges or self-harm urges. So mm-hmm. if the person's finding that their dysregulation is really having a major impact on their lives, you know, whether that's their relationships, work, school, that's certainly a time to start seeking treatment. What should loved ones be looking for if they suspect their loved one may be living with borderline personality disorder? One would be, of course, self-harm and suicide attempts. The tricky thing with self-harm is that oftentimes people can be discreet when they self-harm, and so it may not be obvious to the family. Also, if there seems to be a lot of -of out-of-control emotions and maybe sort of the ups and downs in a relationship or with the emotions are kind of inexplicable to the loved one. There's lots of fears of abandonment. The person doesn't want to be alone without them. But overall, I would say that if somebody's noticing that the person is using some dysfunctional ways to cope with pretty significant problems with emotion regulation, that is a big sign to look out for. What are the first steps someone should take to get help for borderline personality disorder? The number one thing is to start researching and find a clinician who's well-trained in dialectical behavior therapy, or DBT. You want to find a clinician in your area. Essentially, it's really important that someone is getting someone who is trained in how to work with BPD. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of clinicians out there who might take like a two-day training in dialectical behavior therapy or a little workshop, and then they advertise as doing DBT, but they don't know how to do it adherently. To be able to provide DBT as it was designed takes a lot of training and supervision and working with a team. But unfortunately, a lot of clients don't know that. And so they see that DBT is checked off on somebody's profile and they go for it and they, they don't know the questions to ask. They don't know what to look for. I know that, you know, depending on where the person's at, they may not have the energy or the desire to do that type of research, but it Mm -hmm. could be a life or death thing. We know that the outcomes are better when someone is providing it inherently. They need to be looking out for if the person's part of a team that's meeting weekly, if the person's providing all four modes of DBT. Great resource to look for is the DBT Linehan Board of Certification that addresses dbt-lbc.org. They can find LBC certified clinicians and programs there. The reason that's important is because the DBT Linehan Board of Certification is the only DBT certifying body that's endorsed by Dr. Marsha Linehan, who created the treatment. So it's a pretty rigorous process to go through. It's sort of the gold standard of the gold standard in knowing that your clinician's doing what they say they're doing. What are evidence-based treatments for borderline personality disorder? Obviously, dialectical behavior therapy or DBT, which I'll come back to. There are others that I honestly don't know too much about. One is mentalization-based treatments, and then there's some psychodynamic treatments like schema-focused therapy and transverse-focused psychotherapy. My expertise is all on DBT. Mm-hmm. DBT has a super strong research backing for being effective for BPD. It has at least 56 randomized controlled trials on its efficacy. Randomized controlled trial or an RCT is the gold standard to prove efficacy of a treatment. And actually, DBT has more than a lot of other evidence-based treatments, even outside of the realm of treating BPD. It's a really, really strong treatment. DBT, when it's done comprehensively, has four modes of treatment. So one is individual therapy, where they're meeting one-on-one with a therapist. The client's usually filling out a daily diary card to track their emotions and their urges and behaviors. And they're using a personalized target hierarchy to help look at and help the client overcome the barriers to their goals. 
There's also the skills training group, which is what most people think of as DBT, but is actually only one part. The DBT skills training group is usually a two-hour group that meets weekly for about six months, Mm -hmm. and that's where you learn the core skills. We've got data that shows that the skills are a huge part of what makes DBT effective. One of the modules is mindfulness, where people learn how to sort of take more control of their mind and be more present. For anybody in the world, not just people with BPD, we're either thinking about the past or focused on the future, and we're not actually here now. So it helps us to be more aware and present, because just this one moment we can handle. When we're thinking about all the stuff that can happen in the future that causes more suffering, we can handle right now. And when we have a good grasp on mindfulness, we can actually use the other skills better. There's distress tolerance. Distress tolerance is all about how to tolerate the moment. If you can't solve a problem, we need to get through it. So it's about the skills you use that are quick that will get you through it without making things worse. There's also emotion regulation, which is a bunch of emotion regulation skills. You learn more about your emotions. You learn how to change your emotions. You learn how to stop emotions before they start and what makes you more vulnerable. So that's a huge set of skills that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then interpersonal effectiveness is the other module. That's where you learn how to be effective with other people. Whether you learn how to figure out your goals in interpersonal situations and Mm -hmm. prioritize them. You learn how to ask for something effectively or say no. You learn how to maintain good relationships. And also you learn how to maintain self-respect. So those are super core skills. So you have individual therapy, you have the skills training group. You also have ideally 24-7 phone coaching. And that's one thing that's super unique about DBT that you don't really see in other treatments. The idea is that we're asking you to stop self-harm and we're going to give you skills, but it's going to take some time. It would be silly to ask someone to do that and not give them something in return. And so we truly believe that we need to get skills into people in all contexts. Therapists give the clients the opportunity to call at any time for help using skills. And that can really help move the therapy forward. That's a critical part. And then finally, another thing that's a little bit unique is the therapist consultation team. A bunch of DBT therapists get together every week, and it's sort of like therapy for the therapist. It helps support the therapist in the treatment, helps make sure that they're staying inherent. We really consider ourselves to be a community of therapists treating a community of clients. So a DBT client who's in comprehensive adherent DBT is not actually just working with one clinician. They actually have a team of clinicians that are working to help them, which is awesome to have all that experience working on one person. What advice do you have for someone seeking treatment for borderline personality disorder? When someone has BPD, they may not know about DBT. They've probably tried a lot of treatments and maybe even been in therapy since they were kids. And it can get to the point where they feel like nothing's going to work. Don't give up. There is an evidence-based treatment out there that can be helpful. There is hope. And I personally have seen so many people who thought that this was the end of the line and they did DBT and they built a life that they experienced as worth living. It's truly a life-changing treatment and it's really focused on helping people have that life worth living. The other piece of advice I would say is find inherent DBT. I mentioned what you need to be looking for in terms of the modes of DBT and the skills. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask about the training someone's had, if they provide the phone coaching, if they're on a team. Because I'm not going to lie, DBT is an investment financially, emotionally, with time and energy. You want to make sure you're getting what you think you're paying for and really vet the program. Like I said, a lot of clinicians will get a couple days of a workshop and say they're doing it, but they don't get the spirit or the principles of it. And that's critical. And again, we've got research that shows that suicide attempts go down when DBT is done inherently. 
You want to ask those questions to make sure you're getting it as it was designed. I know cost can be a factor, but Mm -hmm. one thing to consider is that when you get adherent DBT, there's a lot of research that shows cost effectiveness. So yes, it might be a big investment up front. What it ends up doing is actually saving people money from inpatient hospitalizations, emergency room visits, therapy that doesn't work in years of that. If you look at it that way, the investment is quite worth it. What are some myths that people believe to be true about borderline personality disorder that are actually false? I'm glad you're asking that because there's actually a lot of myths out there. Unfortunately, BPD, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, a lot of stigma that I Mm -hmm. wish would be corrected. One is that people with BPD will never get better, and that's completely false. I have seen through DBT people improve that they no longer even meet criteria for BPD, so you can get better. And actually, we have research that shows that as particular women get older, that as they're getting older, that the symptoms actually tend to decrease over time. It's not something that has to be around forever. I've also heard that like people with BPD are all the same and people have this idea that they're, you know, manipulative or sort of over the top. And for one, like I mentioned, there's nine criteria you have to meet five to Mm -hmm. be diagnosed. So that can be a ton of different combinations. So Mm -hmm. it can look very different. Also, as far as the manipulative thing, I hear that so much. And that's part of, I think, the stigma that comes with it. And Honestly, I think all humans are manipulative. We all do things to influence other people to get what we want. And that can be truly effective. If somebody with BPD is manipulative, they're not very good at it because they tend to be really obvious. Usually it's an attempt to get what they want and they don't really know how to do that effectively. The other thing for the clinicians out there, you know, I know some people have concerns about clients and the risk level. And from my experience, my clients with BPD have been nothing but a joy to work with. Heavy Head Season 2 Episode 4, Would I Ever Find Another Friend, is written and produced by Tanner Hines. Greg, voiced by Justin Maxwell. Charles, voiced by Tanner Hines. Thank you to Dr. Nikki Winchester for taking the time to speak with us. Learn more about Cincinnati Center for DBT by visiting their website, www.cincinnaticenterfordbt.com. For help finding board-certified DBT practitioners, visit dbt-lbc.org. Original music by Real Blue Heartache Kids. The music is available online wherever you buy or listen to music. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle at HeavyHeadPod. Subscribe to our official YouTube channel, HeavyHeadPodcast. You can email us at HeavyHeadPod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. If you enjoy the show, please share us with a friend or relative. You can support the show by making a monthly monetary pledge when you join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heavyheadpodcast and get access to exclusive content. You can also support the show by making a one-time monetary donation to paypal.me slash tannerhines1. That's paypal.me slash t-a-n-n-e-r-h-i-n-d-s, the number one on PayPal. Or at T-Hines-1. That's at T-H-I-N-D-S-1 on Venmo. Lastly, merch is available at heavyhead.bigcartel.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next month. Until then, take care of yourself.